Welcome back to our 26th podcast in the Jesus Said That series. And today we're going to be looking at putting God before possessions. Mm. So I have a story for you before we sure. roll into this. So um, imagine, if you will, a market in the heart of an ancient city. People are weaving through the crowded streets and merchants are haggling over goods and mm. the smell of spices fill the air. Can imagine that with this time of year. That's right. I even look at our pictures with the pumpkin and all. <laughs> Among the crowd is a young man, a devoted follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. As this man scans the market, he overhears conversations about the latest treasures, expensive garments, precious jewels, and other luxuries. It's a display of earthly wealth that captivates the hearts of many. Mm-hmm. The allure of these tangible treasures seem irresistible. And this young man finds himself pondering the value of such temporal delights. Mm. However, in the midst of the marketplace, a verse echoes in his mind. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. These words from the teachings of Jesus cut through the noise of worldly desires, prompting the young man to question the purpose of his own pursuit. So the question in the story is not, will this man obey Jesus's words? I think the real question should be, do you, Christian, obey Jesus's words? Are Jesus's teachings mere suggestions or are they commands which you follow? Mm. In today's podcast, we'll tackle what Jesus says about the issue of putting God before possessions. So this, this is a hard-hitting one, very relevant. So this week's podcast is episode 26, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Putting God Before Possessions, from Matthew 6, 19 through 24. I'm Pastor Kenny Burge Jr., and I am joined by my father, Dr. Ken Burge Sr. So uh, originally, I know this was supposed to, we were going to do possessions and anxiety overcoming it, but there's just so much here that uh, we we combined it in, or separated them, I should say into a single podcast for today, and the next time we'll do the cure for anxiety. We hear so often the accusation against pastors are always preaching about money, and uh, the truth is the scripture has a lot to say about money, and so does Jesus. So uh, today as we delve into this, uh, we're just uh, reflecting uh, the heart of the teaching of Jesus, which really gets at the heart of where people's God is. And it's all motive. I hate to say a lot of pastors, I think their uh, motive is money. Yeah, I agree. And we yeah. see that with the whole prosperity gospel movement. Mm-hmm. The focus is, how can I make money? That's right. So uh, Jesus is going to address mm-hmm. what real heavenly treasures are and not pursuing things on earth. That's right. So, mm. Let's go ahead and just jump right into this text. Mm. I don't think it's going to be super long, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew 6, 19, we're going to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, today's key word is a surprising word, I think. Mm-hmm. It's idolatry. If I were to ask most Christians what they think their greatest sin is, I'd probably hear lust, mm-hmm. um, maybe uh, coveting something, sure. maybe the use of bad language, yeah. <laughs> not loving your neighbor as yourself. Exactly. But I probably, if I ask 10 people, nine out of 10 are not going to say idolatry. Right. But let me give you the definition here of idolatry. This can be defined as Trusting, serving, or giving worship to something that is not God. 
In other words, worldly possessions. Mm. So take out maybe the worship part, because I doubt many of us are worshiping our cars or so forth, Mm -hmm. but we trust in them. We live our lives just to obtain more and more, Mm. and uh, they replace God. So Jesus will address how those who put possessions before God have the idol or sin of idolatry. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm sure you see this a lot um, just throughout the years, how people put things always before God. What what would you say is the top thing people put before God out of curiosity? I really would say their money, uh, their possessions. uh, We'll see the term mammon, but it's it's all one and the same. I really think that's why it comes down, you can't serve two masters, Mm -hmm. because I think Jesus was really showing what most people struggle with the most. So, and that's I, it's still my observation. It really hasn't changed in, in 40 years that uh, sadly, I've seen way too many Christians with too much emphasis upon something that's temporal, the money, and, and not using it the way it should be a tool for oh. God's glory. I would, you know, ask Christians, why do you work? Do you work simply for your pleasures? I think some people go and yeah. they kick their butt all week yeah. just so that they can have more stuff. Sure. Obviously, that's not everyone. But um, this is a real heart check here. So Jesus is continuing the Sermon on the Mount. For context, please check out the other podcast, because this is all part of a one single sermon. That's right. But uh, we don't want to review it every single time, or you know, it's, listen to this series. <laughs> yeah. All right, so verse 19. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Hmm. Now, we have a wordplay going on here mm-hmm. that we don't see in English. Mm-hmm. Jesus is literally saying, do not have this habit, treasure not for yourselves treasures. That's right. And that's kind of an interesting uh, wordplay. Uh, Jesus is also giving a command. Mm-hmm. He's saying, do not, don't do this. It's not, well, it's unwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I always talk to youth about the difference between sin and using wisdom. <laughs> Uh, I think some people get confused with that, but he's simply saying here, don't do this. So he is saying that his followers should not be focused on physical things. So I think a good question here, and a lot of people try to get off the hook by asking this question, is, is he talking about sinful treasures or treasures in general? Mm. Is he talking about things we shouldn't have? Mm. And it really looks like from the text, Jesus is talking about possessions in general, all things. Having a house is a good thing. However, if you live for that house, it becomes a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Vacation, good Mm -hmm. thing. If you live just for more vacations, bad thing. So why should Jesus' followers not be focused on earthly treasures? Because earthly treasures will fall apart or people will take them away from you. So (laughs) that's, that's pretty harsh. So this is something I told my youth. Wrap your mind around this truth. All physical possessions will either be taken away from you, be it the government or other people, or you will be taken away from them at your death. So it's really important to understand that all these things might be a blessing from God, but we should not live our lives to obtain them. We're in a fluent uh, society. And when you know, you're teaching this, you try to have people step back into the first century. And, and one of the ways I've done this to show how materialism can can rule, you start with the Church of Ephesus. We have a history, and I'll do this real quick. In AD 60 to 62, Paul's writing from prison, and he says, you guys love the saints. So that means 
that they're loving God, which means they're caring for the saints. Same church. You start fast forwarding a little bit. Paul's writing to Timothy at uh, Ephesus, First yeah. Timothy. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Charge those that are rich, you know, not to be this way. Then you move forward to even First John, and it's stop loving the world and the things in the world. And then you get to the church of Ephesus that Jesus confronts. Mm. You've left your first love. Most likely, it was materialism, and I think that can be such a problem in a place like America in particular, where there's so much stuff. That was your sermon, I think, uh, The Dangers of Romancing the Material Girl. Exactly. Very good. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so just as a reference, if you want to hear more about those two topics, yeah. you can check out uh, Pastor Ken's latest Bible study on the book of Ephesians, exactly. which was just posted. Mm -hmm. And then it would also be in your Revelation series. Exactly. I think I retitled it just uh, mm -hmm. The Letter to the Ephesians or something like that, to sure. Church of Ephesus. Mm -hmm. But uh, that will be on there too. Thank you. And to get uh, just more information, sure. just to kind of follow their history, mm -hmm. which is so interesting. So- Jesus just doesn't leave you there, say, so don't store up for yourselves, and just mm -hmm. kind of leave it on a, that note, but he's going to build upon it in verse 20. Mm -hmm. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves don't break in and steal. Once again, Jesus is giving another command. He is telling his followers to be focused on using your money on spiritual things. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they will never be taken away from you. I know people go ballistic when their things are stolen, mm -hmm. and how much do we like it when our things break? Well, buy a house, buy a car, buy whatever. It's going to break over time. <laughs> I don't right. care how nice it is. Exactly. So I have a couple questions mm -hmm. I want to ask our audience. So how can you invest in heavenly treasures? I think that's an honest question. question. How do you invest in heavenly treasures? Jesus says, do this, so how do you do it? Mm-hmm. You invest in people and projects that focus on God's kingdom. Okay, now to clarify, we're talking about first of all the spiritual kingdom right here and now. That's right. Um, we're not living in God's physical kingdom. That'll be the millennial kingdom. Mm -hmm. But right now we are in the spiritual kingdom. So we're in the church age, and we should be focused on helping other Christians or people in need, and also projects that focus on the kingdom. So I really want the audience to engage that mm -hmm. God's word is talking to them. Mm -hmm. So I actually have a challenge for them. Uh, take out a piece of paper or phone, whatever you might have, all right, and take this note. How have I used my money to help build God's kingdom? In other words, how have I invested in heavenly treasures? After writing at this, look at it and be real with yourself. Mm -hmm. Have you stored up treasures in heaven? Mm -hmm. Um, so I can take your insight on this in a minute, but sure. I made a list of ways that people can invest in heavenly things mm -hmm. or that Jesus is talking about. So here's just an, an example. And to ask yourself this, have you invested money in hosting Christians at your house? Uh, I think this hospitality is kind of a dying breed mm -hmm. to a certain point. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we don't get invited a lot to people's houses, just honest truth. Yeah. And why? Because it takes time. Mm -hmm. um, if you're making a meal, that takes money. Mm -hmm. You have to have a clean house. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do not have clean houses, at least in America. And um, as Christians, we're supposed to be given the hospitality. Sure. You know, it, was, it was funny. My wife, uh, when we were first married, she loves to host people. And we have people, it feels like, all the time mm -hmm. at our house. 
And I asked her what her spiritual gift was, and she said, hospitality. I said, I'm sorry, babe, but that's not a spiritual gift. Yeah. It's a talent, and it's a good trait to have, but all Christians should be hosting other Christians. Exactly. So the question is, um, are you storing up those treasures by inviting people over to your house and um, encouraging them, you know, breaking bread with them? Another thing, have you given a small gift to encourage another Christian? Hmm. What have you do done? Not expecting anything in return, giving in secret just to say, here, I want to encourage you. You know, just it doesn't even have to be a birthday, anniversary. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Here's, mm -hmm. here's a gift. Have you helped poor pastors by providing them with money and resources? Um, how many pastors around the globe do we support yeah. that are just, they're honestly poor? Yeah. Um, especially by our standards. Mm -hmm. So have you considered cutting a check and saying, let's help those pastors? You know, let's help them feed their family. Let's help them with something. Let's buy them something. Have you dedicated time and energy to fixing and improving your local church building? Mm. As we know, a lot of time maintenance, especially we're not talking about like uber big churches, mm -hmm. but the average American church is about 100 people or so. And it usually falls on the pastor to fix up the church. So have you dedicated time and energy saying, hey, you know, tell me what needs to be done, pastor. I don't care if it's cleaning toilets to, you know, painting something. Mm -hmm. um, what can I do to help? And not expecting to be paid for your efforts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Most people do it for money. But have you dedicated time for that? Mm -hmm. Have you given to Christians with genuine financial needs? Have you approached your pastor and say, is there anyone in the congregation who really needs help? Mm -hmm. um, not someone who's squandering, but someone who's really just, you know, needs something. Mm -hmm. And then quietly meet that need. And finally, have you invested time and money into reaching unsaved souls to bring them to Christ? That's another important one. Yeah. Um, it takes time and it takes money sometimes just to do outreach. But do you do it? Do you invite people into your house who are unsaved or mm -hmm. do things with them? So I want all of you, I hope you took out a piece of paper or you're thinking about this or mm -hmm. your phone, whatever it may be, mm. and look at your note on your phone or that piece of paper and make sure you're applying Jesus's command on storing up treasures in heaven. So do you have anything you would add to that or? Yeah, just, uh, and thinking on extremes. Um, Maybe your pastor's raises. <laughs> <laughs> Please, endorsed. Uh, yeah. First Corinthians 16, as each one is prospered on a weekly basis, first day of the week, Sunday, let him set aside to give to the work of ministry as he's prospered. Your first test, what do you do weekly? Who's the first um person or thing that you give your money to when you get your paycheck you know i it was a practice back in the days of writing checks that mom and i first check i'd write would be to the oh. church just because they had to have that practice so that's just on a weekly oh. basis honoring god and that's important because our money is going toward the work of the lord but now let me take you to the extreme i think one of the things that will determine where your heart is how's your will written mm -hmm. You know, as being in a pastorate uh, for over three decades, one of the things that really broke my heart, Kenny, many saints said how much they loved the church, but when they died, they did nothing for the work of ministry. So I started to challenge folks with this, you know, 10 years, 15 years ago. And I remember one old gentleman looked at me and he said, well, pastor, you know, a fool and his money is not easily parted. And I thought, well, you know, that man's now money has been parted mm -hmm. <laughs> and he didn't make wise choices. But there's a movement I'm seeing where people are saying, you know what, I want to have something beyond me. 
And I see individuals now, we've done it, you know, when in our will, uh, you know, 10% of what we have uh, goes, you know, we broke it down 5% to our church and then 5% to the foundation because, you know, we're laying up treasures, but your money. And I just want to say this as well. You got to invest in people, you know, my investment in you and then your investment in the next generation, you know, with our time and our money is important because we're not going to be here forever. You know, a funny little story. I'm sitting next to my uh, grandson, uh, Kenneth. That's Kenneth Joseph Burge III. I'm, I'm feeding One and a half. Uh, yeah, he's one <laughs> and a half. And I'm giving him a little bit of chocolate pie. And he's smiling at me. I said, now, let me ask you, once your daddy's time is done and, you know, he takes over the foundation and it's your time to do it, will you do it? So I waited a second. He goes, yeah. So I said, hey, it's all recorded. And I gave him this little bit of pie. But, you know, we think out a hundred and a thousand years, we work with poor pastors around the globe, Philippines, India. And so what you do with your finances will make a difference. And it's the one thing that really will invest in eternity that can't be taken away. Oh. So then that's why Jesus says, you know, just give. Yeah. And, you know, as a word of caution, always check your church because if your pastors are making like eight hundred thousand dollars <laughs> yeah i don't think they're practicing the principle either exactly so, um yeah especially your pastors should be practicing this mm -hmm. your elders and deacons they are supposed to be super godly men yeah. <laughs> in the sense that they meet all the requirements given yeah. in scripture and they should be practicing these things so this isn't one of those get rich schemes where you know Give us all your money, and you know it. It should really be, hey, how can we use our money to glorify God while I'm still on Earth, and then even after I'm dead. <laughs> and two quick questions, and people no. never ask these on our ordination council. When do we look at someone going in a pastorate and saying, "How faithful have you been over uh, your tenure as a Christian in giving to the local church?" Well, you're going to stand in a pulpit and tell everybody else to do it. What have you been doing these years? And for missionaries, what have you done mm. to support missions? You know, so often we look at somebody's, you know, give, skill give, give. set yeah. and then, and, but we miss out yeah. on, you know, where is your heart? And because Jesus says, you know, where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So, and that's why, you know, there's a lot of good organizations. I, I always say first start your local church. Sure. Um, Cause they probably need it the most. But then there's a lot of good organizations out there. And like I said, on a personal level, getting involved with people at church or unsaved in your town, yeah. use your money as a way to lead people to Christ, yeah. as a way to build, not right. just, you know, let's go out for another steak dinner, you know? So now we're going to get to verse 21. Mm -hmm. And I, I shared this as a young man. I never understood the next illustration mm -hmm. <laughs> a while ago until I really started studying this a couple of years ago. Um, but the Holy Spirit has given me illumination on this, not revelation. <laughs> I did not receive revelation, big difference. So I'm going to read this uh, before I comment on it. And I want you guys who are listening to think mm. about this illustration. Can you explain what Jesus is saying? This is what he says. People usually get verse 21, but I have no clue about 22 through 24. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pardon me. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. Mm. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will mm. be full of darkness. Mm. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, 
or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. All right. I know some translations choose ma'am and I like yeah. money because yeah, money, money. same type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So as a listener, obviously I can't hear you, but uh, what is Jesus saying here? Mm-hmm. What is this illustration all about mm-hmm. we could just say tune in next time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> same bat time same bat channel that's but, right. uh, we're that's not right. going to do okay. that let's uh, go ahead and explain this verse 21 for where your treasure is there your heart will be also so always look at context mm-hmm. um, it's talking about spending your money and investing in heavenly things mm-hmm. so where your treasure is your heart is where you spend your money reveals what you're all about it reveals your heart's delight um, it reveals if you're greedy or if you're loving God and loving your neighbor. The eye is the light of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So once again, context, speaking about earthly versus human treasures. The illustration is simple. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, in other words, you're focused on heavenly treasures, then your whole body will be filled with light. It's very simple. You know, mm-hmm. you're focused on the things of God. Your body's filled with light. But if your eye is bad, in other words, you're greedy, mm-hmm. <laughs> focus on earthly treasures, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? Mm. So this is Jesus's negative example. Mm-hmm. Since the eye is the lamp of the body, if your eye is bad, you're focused on earthly treasures, your whole body will be filled with darkness. So he's really, once again, this kind of goes back to the whole lust, adultery, murder, hate, (laughs) you know, it's kind of going back to the motive and it's saying, if you're focused on earthly things, your body's just filled with darkness. And there are a number of examples that Jesus gives us personally in the scripture, exposing people's bad eye. Uh, They have so much darkness. You think of a rich young ruler to show that he really did not keep commandments and just sell all you have and uh, come follow me. And he walked away. And then in Luke 12, uh, where the man has so many goods and instead of giving it away, he just builds bigger barns, but full, you know, your soul is required of you uh, tonight. So uh, this is a great illustration that you have to have singleness, uh, singularity of eyesight. You have a focus on eternal and then everything else will be good. And if you're not focused on the eternal, you're full of darkness. You're full of darkness. So uh, the question is then, to our listener, which one are you? (laughs) Are you focused on heavenly treasures, which bring light to your soul? Or are you focused on earthly treasures, which fill your soul with darkness? So Jesus's whole point on giving is then summed up in the next verse. Mm -hmm. Um, No one can serve two masters since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So answering this question reveals the truth about your Christian walk, and it's who's your boss, God or money? And I've seen both sides. I've seen people who focus on God, Mm -hmm. and they're usually joyful people. Mm -hmm. And some, they can be rich, um, but I notice a lot of times godly men and women aren't really usually loaded, (laughs) where I see there's a lot of people with a lot of money who are Christians, but they're miserable because they're walking in sin, they're full of darkness. And um, it really comes down to a tale of two kingdoms. Either you focus your time and energy to build up your own kingdom, or you'll focus on building up the God's kingdom. 
So it's all about the cars, the hobbies. Uh, I really think hobbies have become people's gods. Yeah. You know, Sunday, instead of being at church, they're at the local car place, or instead of Bible study, they're, you know, at the local sports thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we we tend to make hobbies pleasure is kind of a new type of God for many of us. Mm. So once again, remember idolatry is trusting, serving, or giving worship to something that is not God. And that brings us to Colossians 3, 5 through 6. Therefore, talking to Christians, mm-hmm. put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, mm-hmm. lust, evil desires, and greed, mm-hmm. and this is the key, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. So, I just uh, remember yeah. uh, hearing in seminary, and I still chuckle every time I think about it. Uh, a man said Mark Twain was debating a Mormon uh, about um, polygamy, and he said the Bible says you can't have uh, two wives. Said the Mormon, and, and uh, to Twain, he said, "Well, prove it." And in Twain refers to Matthew six twenty four, no one can serve <laughs> two masters. <laughs> Uh, that being set aside, uh, this nails it. This verse to me is one of those verses that just you you just look at someone and you say, "Where are you at?" Yeah. You know, is it about what you own, or is it about you know God using everything that you own? It's really been dedicated all to Him. I don't think you can get around this one. This is it. Uh, and as you keep pointing out idolatry, you know, even John, when he's writing in First John five, right at the end of his letter, he says, "Little children." Keep yourselves from idols. So we got to guard our hearts because uh, this can creep up upon us and overtake Jesus sitting on the throne of our heart very quickly. So, I mean, as you think about it, uh, it's just uh, foolishness, but a lot of people just put things before God and uh, it really reveals your heart. And I think it goes back to our last podcast where you should give in secret. Yeah. And if you notice, if you're giving in secret and then you're storing up for yourself treasures in heaven, you are getting no glory on this earth, at least in the life to come. Yes. But a lot of people don't want to do that. They would rather have what they want, their luxuries right now. So uh, before we go to our employment point uh, and today's challenge, because I have a challenge, Mm -hmm. um, I want to finish with the story I started with. So pick up with the young guy walking in that market. So as the young man starts to walk away, suddenly in an instant, all the treasures he once saw crumbled before his eyes. The expensive garments are now moth-eaten rags, and the once glittering coins and treasures on display in the market are now dust. What once captivated hearts and minds now dissolves into nothingness. In this moment, our wise young man is glad he walked away. The earthly treasures that once enticed him have faded away, a reminder of their eternal value. As we consider this story, think about your own attachment to earthly treasures. Are you captivated by things that are destined to fade away? The wise young man's choice to turn away from these fleeting riches was simply based on obeying Jesus' words. So the question is, will you obey Jesus? Or will you spend your life on rags that will one day turn to dust? So I think sometimes we need that eternal perspective. Uh, I, I had a visual, which obviously I can't really share here, but on Bible study, how humans tend just to look at the earthly perspective where Jesus just looks straight through that and sees the eternal. 
So um, we get to our main uh, point today. Your treasure reveals your God. I think that's what Jesus is saying. Your treasure reveals your God. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Where do you invest your time, money, and effort? That's what you truly love. If you can answer that question, you will find out who your real God is. God did not give you your life so that you could pursue earthly dreams and make yourself rich. He gave you this life so that you can serve him and build his spiritual kingdom on earth. So, once again, it's not hating on the rich, Mm because if God has blessed you, use those riches for his kingdom. Um, Help those in need. So, a question to ask yourself. Am I too busy investing in my own pleasures and my and my own kingdom to realize that my personal kingdom is my God? So, and then thoughts: Have I embraced Jesus's call to invest in heavenly treasures? Mm-hmm. Do I need to sit down with Pastor Kenny? And this is if you're you know in our church, mm-hmm. we will gladly sit down with That's anyone true. in our congregation. Um, or if you're on YouTube, maybe you need to sit down with your pastor mm-hmm. or uh, someone in your church who's wise and reevaluate some of your priorities, saying, okay, how can I, how can I adjust this? Mm-hmm. How can I change my focus from earthly pleasures to heavenly things? And then I have a very simple challenge. Um, in the week ahead, revisit what you wrote on your phone or on that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And ask yourself, are you applying Jesus' command on storing up treasures in heaven? Like I said, perhaps it's time to sit down and talk with people in your church and reevaluate where your money is going. Uh, this moment should be a moment of transformation, shifting your focus from earthly pleasures to heavenly things. Uh, any advice or anything you want to give before we finish? Because this was yeah, cool. I'd like to just uh, share that you know we have Thanksgiving on Thursday, and you start reflecting, and it'll tie into this. Um, what you're grateful for, and I'm grateful for your mom. You know, we've been married four years, and I've been a pastor in a single community for uh, 35 years as the senior and associate pastor, and uh, she has just supported me. You know, she's picked up things like even the foundation uh, website. She does that now. She got that skill from you in part. And uh, just she just because she's investing in the eternal. And I look at what you've done, and I was uh, boasting about this the other day in Bible study that you know you take a look at even our new Ephesians series, and you know there are churches out there with five, ten, and fifteen thousand people, but nobody rivals uh, the quality of the product that we put out, even with YouTube. And so even take a look at the new Ephesians sermon that just came out. And you look and I'm going, and that's you. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I'm really thankful, Kenny, for our congregation. Uh, you know, we have the goal of having people in our church not look like you and me. Uh, my joke is always that would be uh, we're tall, light, and handsome. Uh, everybody else is, you know, basically from other cultures and ethnicities. And yet, as we've reached out to the world, they have embraced our vision. Uh, just two quick examples. You know, we started this uh, firehouse project in the Philippines, a small building. Uh, we're helping our missionaries to renovate. Why? So we can put our books in there and, and have our um, very YouTube ministry uh, touch them uh, through our podcast and our sermons. Because just to explain, yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't understand that yeah. um, some other countries, it's a lot more expensive for internet. Yeah. Um, we can get on Amazon and order a book or, yeah, you know, yeah, Logos, whatever, Yeah, where uh, some people don't have these resources. 
and the resources they do have um, are spent on daily necessities. (laughs) So this whole idea of this firehouse is to have a place where pastors, missionaries, so forth can come, uh, read Pastor Ken's books. They, you know, all for free for them. Yeah, exactly. They're not being charged for any of this. Uh, A time of training, a place they can pray. A place they have internet access to watch, you know, the videos teaching how to preach and the passages and so yeah. forth. So it's really a, a place that people can go and be trained. So, and um, it was so cool the other day. I heard from Pastor David Oz from India, and he just loves what we're doing there. And he goes, Pastor, he goes, you know, we need to do the same thing here in India. And so we actually, it'll be launched on our, our foundation uh, website soon about firehouse number two. Okay. And it's the same thing. And, you know, the oh. pastor said to me, he said to me, he goes, Dr. Burge, he goes, we want to impact uh, generations to come through this. In other words, it's going to go beyond me. And that's who has eternal perspective. Individuals that are building and making disciples of all nations, using their monies and resources as Jesus suggests here, actually commands here, and then also to look that this is going to be something that um, Jesus will reward us for in eternity. Uh, so I'm just very thankful for all those things. They tie in perfectly with the lesson, and we're so blessed to be pastoring people that have a heart for the globe, and they're taking their resources and using them yeah. uh, to make disciples, and I always emphasize, of all nations. And they'll never let you know. No, they're the gracious. That's, that's the wonderful thing. Yeah. That's what I love about the foundation Yeah, is that people never know. You get online, you give, and no one ever knows except God. It's like, that's that's the whole point of giving. And yeah. can you imagine year one, we're not even complete year one, we have almost $25,000 of resources that have gone out. And that's remarkable in what that translates into places like Africa and India and the Philippines. Uh-huh. A lot of resources provided. And it's not a twenty-five thousand in and eighty thousand for our salaries. <laughs> so, I always make it clear we don't take a cent. No, it a hundred percent goes straight to the work. So, uh, but it's exciting seeing what God's doing. Amen. And uh, yeah, uh, st- uh, putting these possessions not before God, yeah. but putting God first is vital for us. So. Uh, We'll go ahead and wrap this up. That was podcast 26, Sermon on the Mount, Putting God Before Possessions Mm -hmm. from Matthew chapter 6. Next time, we're going to be talking about Jesus's part of the sermon where he talks about overcoming anxiety. Mm -hmm. So worry and anxiety. That was one of my, I would say, sermons that sticks out most in my mind that I've ever preached. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, This this sermon is just so good. So uh, we'll see you next time.